I wonder what is the best invitation that you've ever received. Perhaps it was to an amazing party, a much anticipated wedding, the premiere of a new show. Perhaps it was an invitation to join an exclusive club. There's something delightful about getting an invitation. It makes you feel special because you have been invited. You have been chosen. And the specialness of the occasion is often evident in a beautifully presented invitation card with carefully crafted letters in calligraphy. Someone has taken time over this because you matter to them. And with that card comes the promise, not just of an outstanding future event, but often months of excited anticipation and preparation. Today we start a new series called The Invitation, examining some of the invitations that Jesus extended to would-be and actual followers. Jesus says, come, come see, come rest, come drink, come be, come give, come follow. And you are invited because you matter to Christ. Most invitations ask you to respond. There are preparations to be made and the organisers need to know numbers. And if you can't come, then others might be invited. You need to act now that you have received the invitation. And implicit in the invitations from Jesus is an RSVP. Jesus passes the initiative to us. Come see. Will you just stand there or will you go and see? The ball is now in your court. Come drink. Will you stay thirsty or will you drink? It's over to you. So as we start this new series, I'd want you to hold two thoughts in mind. The first is the thought of privilege. When Jesus addresses someone and says, come, that invitation comes with a great privilege. Jesus is under no obligations. He owes you nothing. But if he says come to you, then he's telling you that you are special, that you are chosen. The second is the thought of responsibility. When you hear the invitation to come, the responsibility passes to you. And you mustn't underestimate the responsibility that you have been given. Jesus doesn't issue trivial invitations. He invites people to life. These aren't invitations to treat lightly, to respond to sometime if no better offer comes in. These are invitations that demand a response. We love privileges, don't we? We are not quite so keen on responsibilities but they are as inseparable as the two sides of a coin. And we see them both played out in the scene, which is drawn quite, sparing for, quite sparingly for us in the first of our invitation scenarios. Matthew 4, 18 to 22, to which we now turn. The first thing to say is that as straightforward as the scene appears, things are not as simple as they seem. We could be excused for thinking that Jesus calling and four men responding all happened in a moment. 
and that on the basis of this incident alone, the future disciples chose to follow Jesus. But we would be wrong to draw that conclusion. The first encounter that we know of between the disciples and Jesus is recorded for us in John 1, 35 to 42. John the Baptist was baptising in the Jordan and he was pointing people to Jesus as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A couple of the disciples followed Jesus and spent a day with him. They introduced Simon Peter to Jesus and so the disciples-to-be were exposed to Jesus and his teaching. In Luke's Gospel, the story of Jesus calling Peter in particular is much more dramatic. But for reasons of his own, Matthew doesn't include them. Luke tells us in chapter 5 that Simon and his partners had spent a tiring night fishing with nothing to show for it. Jesus, having used Simon's boat as a preaching platform, had told them to go out and fish again. Simon had reluctantly agreed and they were so successful that the size of their catch was breaking their nets. Astonished at what he had witnessed, Peter had said to Jesus, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. But instead, Jesus said, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. And all that should help us understand something of my first main teaching point today, which is about the privilege. In the first century, a young man who'd shown promise in studying the Torah, the Jewish law, would be encouraged to extend their training by spending time with a rabbi in what we might describe nowadays as an apprenticeship. A typical apprentice was aged 17 to 20, and he would approach his potential rabbi and ask to become his disciple. Of all those who approached him, the rabbi would choose the very best, the ones he thought could fully measure up to his standards and eventually become just like him. While Peter doesn't approach Jesus to become a disciple, the idea was probably ridiculous to him. He was a fisherman, not a scholar. More than that, he was a fisherman who was very self-aware, very conscious of his own sinfulness. And yet to this most unlikely of people, Jesus says, come, follow me. And the same to Andrew, another fisherman. And the same to James and John, two more fishermen. It's highly unlikely that any of them could have made a claim to be amongst the very best. But Jesus chooses them. This is what we customarily refer to in Christian circles as grace. God acts graciously towards us, not because of how good we are or how qualified we are, not because of our parentage or our wealth or our good looks, not because we will make God look good, but because of his favour, freely given to the undeserving. God loves unconditionally. Grace is foreign to our culture. The story is told of a man who was given a suitcase filled with money. He was told that if, if he could successfully give away this money, he would receive the same amount again for himself. The only condition was that each banknote must go to a different person. He thought to himself, well, this will be easy. I'm going to be rich. He ran out into the, the nearest shopping street 
opened his suitcase and started shouting, roll up, roll up, free money, absolutely no catch, come and take it. Most people passed straight by, not even looking at him. A few slowed their pace, but thought better of it. One woman stopped and asked, what's the catch? Were you going to try and get out of me? Absolutely nothing, the man replied. It really is free money, please take it. No, I don't think so, she said, and walked off. A very small proportion of the shoppers on that day took the free money. Most were suspicious, convinced that no deal could be that simple and easy. Grace makes us suspicious because it's contrary to our society's values. But God isn't like us. He doesn't just give us what we deserve. He shows us unmerited favour just as he did on the shore of the lake 2,000 years ago, when he invited four disciples to follow him. Grace is an invitation freely given to you and me, to those who don't deserve it. Grace invites us to follow Jesus. There's no greater offer. But if received and accepted, it comes with responsibility. Jesus called the disciples to follow him, and they understood what that meant. Leaving behind their boats and their nets to be Jesus' apprentices, learning from him, copying him, following his instructions, doing what he says, surrendering their own wills and wishes. They may have had some prior exposure to Jesus and his teaching, but when the call comes, there is no place for hesitation. In More Than Conquerors, Simon Gibo says, three seconds, that's all it takes between embracing the adventure of risk-taking and settling for the dull safety of existing. The disciples could have said, I'll think about it. But when the actual call comes, knowing what discipleship means, they unhesitatingly drop everything for the adventure. And this is the point when Jesus says, come follow, at which some people turn away. They think it's too risky, too costly. They know instinctively that to be a disciple is to surrender one's will to another. And they're attached to things or values or practices that are precious to them, that they dare not give up. James Bryan Smith in The Good and Beautiful Life writes, The devil wants people to fear the high cost of discipleship. But, he goes on, in reality, the cost of non-discipleship is much higher. He's making the point that there is more to lose in not following than there is in following. But those people who turn away at least have understood that there is a cost there is a responsibility that comes with discipleship. John Mark Comer writes, if you want to experience the life of Jesus, you have to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. The word disciple and its sister word discipline give the game away. Jesus calls people to a different life, a life of different choices, different ways, different lifestyles. Read on into chapters 5, 6 and 7 of Matthew's Gospel. Read Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, and you will understand what his expectations are. And those expectations, those responsibilities are challenging. Counting persecution as a blessing, being reconciled to those we've offended, 
taking drastic measures against lust, holding a high view of marriage and its permanence, turning the other cheek, giving to the needy without others knowing, fasting and so on. Come, follow, Jesus says, as he invites us to learn a different way of living. Why would we? Why would we give things up for the sake of following Jesus? Well, there are a number of answers to that question, but in this particular passage, Jesus gives us just one. So let's turn to his example of the benefits. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. Now, although we could justifiably consider Jesus' words part of the disciples' responsibilities, Today, let's think of them through the lens of a blessing that comes with discipleship. To fish for people and catch some is a joy and a blessing. The Apostle Paul certainly thought of it this way. For what is our hope, our joy, or the crown in which we would glory in the presence of our Lord Jesus when it, he comes? Is it not you? He asked the Thessalonians. My brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord, he wrote to the Philippians. What does joy look like? Well, let me show you a brief clip. And there it is. Arsenal are the FA Cup winners 2020. Nicola Arteta becomes the first person to both captain and manage Arsenal to victory in an FA Cup final. It's four FA Cups in seven. And it's a record 14th FA Cup success for the club. Arsenal have won the FA Cup. Full time at Wembley. Arsenal two, Chelsea one. Well, what a great 30-second clip that was, wasn't it? Anyone who knows me will surely know that the only reason I played that clip was because it was recent and not because of any personal attachment to the club. But the more serious reason is that there is an illustration here. Joking aside, not everyone gets to play for Arsenal. They are a prestigious club and to be invited to join them is a huge privilege. But alongside that privilege comes responsibility, a lot of hard work, prioritising the team over self, watching and learning. To what end? To win trophies. That is all footballers really care about. And with trophies comes great joy. In our passage in Matthew 4, the benefit of following Jesus is described as fishing for people, seeing men, women and children come to faith in Jesus. Over the coming weeks, we will learn about some of the other benefits that come with responding to Jesus' invitation to come. To come and see, rest, drink, be, give. But for, day, for today, my message is really a simple one as we start our new series. I want to leave you with three things to think about. Firstly, I want you to understand that whenever Jesus says come, it's a huge privilege. You might say, well, isn't the invitation open to everyone? What's so special about that? 
and it is open to everyone, but not everyone hears it. If you hear it, if that invitation finds its way to you, then count yourself incredibly privileged. Secondly, I want you to understand that with privilege comes responsibility. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. In issuing the invitation, Jesus is not looking for perfect people, but he's looking for willing people who are not just in it for themselves. But if that seems too challenging for you, I'd finally want you to understand that it's worth it. God is no person's debtor. Jesus says everyone who's left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Responding to Jesus' invitation is worth it. Over the coming weeks, may God give you the grace to hear his invitations, the insight and courage to respond to them, and all of the blessings that accompany them. Amen.